In today's episode, I am speaking with Marcus Francis, and I was so excited to have him join us on the podcast today. Why? Because Marcus shares his journey and story about um, moving into very senior leadership roles in the recruitment business. Marcus is very humble, but I know that he is widely recognized as one of the best in the business. So I was very keen for us to be able to explore and understand his story, his journey, his challenges and his successes. But what really came out of this conversation is what an honest and hardworking and determined leader Marcus is. And he said to me, Monique, I will join you on the podcast. If this conversation just inspires one person, it will be worth it. I think after listening and hearing what Marcus shares with us about how to really lead bravely and how that can achieve immense success for you and your teams, I think you'll agree that this conversation will inspire many. So Marcus, hi, it's fantastic to have you here and welcome to Bravery in the Bordering podcast. Thanks for having me. I just want to jump into it and it will be great to tell us a bit about you and about your current role. Cool. So my name is Marcus Francis. Um, I have been in recruitment for over 20 years. My current role is a business consultant for a company called Enterprising Minds. Essentially, we do mentoring and coaching for companies specifically in recruitment, Mm -hmm. from owners down to consultants. It's something that I really enjoy. Okay, thank you. So, and in that, I'm going to dig into, okay, that's a great role to have, but there's more to the story about why we've invited you on today. Yeah. But before I jump into that, it'd be great to know a bit about your leadership style. So question I ask a lot of our guests is, how would you describe your leadership style in three words? In three words, I'd say honest, mm-hmm. hardworking, and challenging. Okay. I like to challenge the people that I work for and also the people that work for me to try and get the best out of them. Okay, I love that. I like that. So, like I said, telling us a bit more about you and a bit more about your journey, because that 20 years in recruitment, I know there's a lot in there. So can we unpack it a little bit? Yeah, I'll start from the very beginning before I was even born. My parents are part of the Windrush generation. Mm -hmm. So my dad's from Jamaica. My mom's from St. Kitts. Mm -hmm. And they came over to England in the late 50s, early 60s. And I talk about them because it was their work ethic, their Mm. drive, um, that I feel instilled some of the values that I've got that allowed me to have success in recruitment. My dad was just a grafter, Mm. really hard working. In all my years, never saw my dad out of work. So I suppose the mentality that I saw that if you work hard, you Mm can, you know, get relative success. Yeah. Um, And my mum was the the stay-at-home mum, which gave us the foundation as a family to, you know, when you come home from school, you, you, your dinner's there, mm-hmm. you've, you're coming into a kind of a loving environment. So that for me was important. In regards to my journey in recruitment, some of the skills you need are resilience, mm. the hard work, and that kind of driven mentality, which I saw in, in my household growing up. Okay, so how did you get into recruitment? What, what opened the door for you? Well, it took a, a long time. It was uh, over a year I was trying to get into recruitment mm-hmm. and had a number of interviews and just kept on getting no. Um, The feedback I'd get would be too laid back, Um, don't think I've got the right kind of skills, don't think I'd fit in culturally within the Mm. organization. Um, So it it was very frustrating, but I fortunately went for an interview and I knew somebody at the company. Um, And when I went for the interview, I saw them Mm. and I made sure they were aware that I knew that person. Yes. Um, And 
apparently after I had the interview, then went and spoke to her, and mm. she gave them, a, I suppose, a, a good recommendation for myself, and I was given the opportunity. But I hear there about that perseverance to keep applying, yeah, um, and then having that connection there, which opened the door for you. So the doors open, you've stepped in. What happens? So I think recruitment was the first time in my life where I've done something and I was really, really good at it. Mm. I'd always been okay. I was went to a grammar school, so I was fairly intelligent. Didn't do so well in my in the the grades in regards to academia, but. I knew I had that intelligence there, but other jobs I did okay, but recruitment was the first thing that I did that I was seen as one of the top performers. So my first three months in the job was just basically learning how to do the role, understanding what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Then from that point in time, I then became more skilled and probably within nine, 10 months of the job, I was one of the top performers in, in the office. Okay. So it was, just a weird feeling that suddenly people are asking for my advice, people mm. want, want to see what I'm doing, people understand why I'm getting success. And recruitment's a very sales-orientated environment, mm. so suddenly the directors are wanting to speak to me, asking me to be involved in doing interviews, talking to other new starters about my successes. So it was not having, not being someone that had been used to having success mm-hmm. in, in something, it was, it was a nice feeling and very motivational to to be seen as somebody that's really good at something. So tell us about, because I know from before we pressed record and from what others have told me about you, I know you're quite humble and you don't like the limelight. So I'm going to probe a little bit today in terms of, tell me about the pinnacle of your career. So where did you get to, um, you know, to get to at the top of your career in recruitment? So I was, I got to a senior partner, which essentially was a regional director mm-hmm. um, within the role was at, at the peak was around 300 people reporting into me. I think it was like three directors um, reporting into me as well. So it was a big responsibility. Uh, yeah, very big responsibility. I mean, the, 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 the turnover would have been something like 90 million or something like wow. that in the region that, that I covered. So yes. it was a big responsibility, but something that I really, really enjoyed and it's a, a challenging position, but something that I got a lot out of. So what helps you to get, what helped to get you there? Because you know that our listeners, a lot of our listeners um, want to hear from people like yourself um, who have um, progressed really well in their careers. But also I think there's something, what we know about Brave and Bold and stay true to themselves as well um, and who were in the minority. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about what helped you to get to that regional director role. I think it's having a, a good team internally with the people that you're working with, but also externally. Like um, for me, I've been with my wife for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a lot of good friends. That I've been friends for 30 years as well. So when you're doing well, sometimes you can get caught up in that mm-hmm. moment. So it's good to have people that know you, that are, that ground you, and you're able to, when you finish work, just, just be yourself. Mm-hmm. From a work perspective, it's, trying to believe in yourself more for me, that was my challenge is that, as I said, I wasn't the person that had always had success. Mm-hmm. So being in a situation where suddenly I'm being successful, mm-hmm. it's difficult sometimes to deal with and like, is this gonna last? Is, is, mm-hmm. Am I someone that's just lucky or am I someone that's got, you know, something different or some, some ability that's able to develop and, and progress? So from a work perspective, I think mm-hmm. the things that allowed me to, to be successful was being true to myself, yeah. being hardworking, um, 
and being as I said before being honest like mm. building relationships with people and I think people would say that I was a trustworthy person so they wanted to work for me and with me so I wasn't a, a boss that would see myself as being better than somebody else I mm -hmm. felt that I was someone that was relatable that you could get on with and someone that was you could trust mm. interesting what you say there because I know recruitment consultants and trustworthy don't always yeah. go hand in hand right as a as something you'd say to us so talk to me about that a little bit more because that's not always yeah. the norm right is that a fair comment yeah I think the a salesperson in general is not necessarily seen as the most honest and mm. I think that my personality probably is very different from a lot of salespeople. I'm not mm -hmm. the person who likes the limelight. I'm not the person who likes to shout and look at me, look what I've done. And I think salespeople have got that kind of reputation and yeah. they've also got that reputation of wanting to do anything to get that sale yes. in. Yeah. So they'll yeah. they'll tell you what you want to hear. Um, whereas my I worked hard and I would I suppose push the boundaries, but I was very ethical and mm. that was really important to me that the things that I did was done in the right way. Yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you for sharing that. So coming to the challenges, so success, this is what helped you to get there, importance of having a good team, the importance of being yourself and being true and trustworthy. Did you face any challenges in your journey and your progress? Yeah, I think being a senior leader and trying to be a dad mm. was a really difficult challenge because you want to be home, mm -hmm. seeing your kids grow up, but when you're in a senior position and the the remit of the role that I did was covering um, Bristol, Leeds, Manchester, Scotland, Ireland. So wow. it was quite a, a, travel. A, yeah. a big area with a yeah. lot of travel. So the challenges I fa faced was, you know, being home, trying to be home to spend some time with my family, but also wanting to be as successful in the position that I was in. So trying to balance the, the two was always always difficult mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what about um from the perspective of i know again from some of our conversation that i know it's important to you about giving back and kind of sharing what you know and particularly with people who um are from diverse backgrounds or black people ethnically diverse people so from that perspective of being the only one in some of those spaces did that happen for you and if it did how did you cope with that I was fortunate that my CEO was black. Mm. So that's a, a rarity in itself. Mm -hmm. Very and, much so. Um, so that was very motivational, someone I could look, look up to. Um, so that I think for me, being in that environment, it meant that if there was another person that was black within my organization, I tried to make an effort to kind of introduce myself, talk mm. to them, understand a bit about them and tell them about who I am, my journey, so that hopefully they could see that I'm just a normal person mm -hmm. and they could lean on me or speak to me if they had any areas or concerns or things were going well or anything that's been as someone that could that you could use as a, as a sounding board. Yeah. Um, but being in, in an environment where your CEO's black, and if you look at you know the top companies in, in the UK, it's very, very rare that you see anybody of colour yes. in those kind of positions. So yes. from that perspective, I was fortunate. And he was someone that, that I got on well with as well. So that was... Um, very motivational for myself. Yeah, yeah, okay. So coming back to um, what I was saying there about progressing. So like you said, you had the benefit and even the joy, if I could use that mm -hmm, word, yeah. of having a, a black male CEO who you could look up to and who you respected. But if I know in our community, sometimes we hear a term of you're a token or a target. Mm -hmm. 
token being you're there to be the tick box. We know there's so much now, isn't there, about representation yeah. and representation matters. And we've called it out a number of times on Bravery in the Boardroom about, um, you know, it's not just about tick box. Yeah. But for both from the perspective of if the environment is still toxic and oppressive, nothing's going to change. Yeah. It can be quite damaging for that person who's on their own. But also it's about having the right leaders, brave leaders, inclusive leaders, honest leaders like mm. yourself. So that representation, we're really passionate about seeing brave leaders coming through. The bit about being the target. So you said that what's kept you grounded is your family, your wife, friends from a long time ago. I also know sometimes people find that difficult mm -hmm. and that, that terminology of being the target is if you are the only one, if you're the only one who stepped out, you're different. Yeah. You know, who do you think you are? You've forgotten us. You think you're big. Tell me what your views are on that. It is difficult um, being a, a black person that's had success. And for me, I, I'm not necessarily saying I did it, did it in the right way, but the people who knew me and that were close to me knew about my success, but I wasn't someone that would um, outwardly tell people. So if you met me out and you asked me what I did, I'd play down the role that I'd I was doing. I wouldn't mm. say oh, I'm a senior partner within, because I think you know what I don't want. I don't want the attention. I don't want someone to feel that I'm trying to act like I'm the big man. If that makes sense. It so does. sometimes it may, meant that you play down how successful that you that you are and the I suppose the kind of money that you were earning. And I'm not necessarily saying that's the right way to mm. have dealt with it, but I know that's sometimes how I dealt with it myself. Yeah, yeah, I hear that, and and I hear what you're saying. I hope. I hope now that that's the exception, yeah, you know, that's so not happening anymore for a number of reasons, because more people are rising up, yeah. but also because it's why we're here. One of the main yeah. reasons I asked you to come on is because I think it's important for people to, people from diverse backgrounds, whatever that diversity is, to be able to hear from people who are in the minority, who look or sound like them, to hear their journey yeah. and to see that actually... There are people who look like me, who have my background too, who get where I'm coming from and they have been successful. It is possible. Yeah. So sometimes I, I feel disheartened when I know, I understand why yeah. people will play it down sometimes. I get it. But I also feel disheartened because there's an opportunity for us to learn, isn't it, from each other Definitely. and to grow. So I hope we see more of that. Just picking up on it, because you spoke about you became a regional director. You know, you've had success. I've prized that out of yeah. you a little bit. I also know though, because I've done a bit of homework, that you're absolutely recognized as one of the best in your field, mm -hmm. okay? So how are you using your power and influence to support diverse talent? I think for me, it's been giving opportunity for people that um, are in my circle and people that they know to have access to me. So a lot of the time it's talking to people, telling them about my journey, also giving people advice for, for whatever reason people seem to come to me for this is a situation or challenge that I'm having at work or I'm going for this promotion or um, I'm looking at this opportunity and they want to have um, my advice, expertise and how they navigate in those situations. So mm. it's more on an indiv individual basis. Um, previously, I was part of a mentoring group um, that specifically worked with black men between the age of 18 and 25. So yeah. we'd go to um, to colleges, go to um, prisons and talk to young men and talk about our journey our, and our experiences. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm being honest, I, I haven't done that as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. um, since COVID and lockdown and stuff like that, it's um, things have, have changed slightly. So this one of the reasons why I'm here today is to yes. try and put myself out there more and try and be 
give an opportunity for people to learn off my experiences and, and the things that I've been able to achieve. Yeah, and I really appreciate that because we all have busy lives and I think um, people say, you know, you must hold the ladder out. And I think that's true to a point, but there's also an understanding of there's a limit on time. So the fact that you give a lot of time to individuals and I know that you also mentor people in the recruitment business yeah. as well to share your expertise, I think is fantastic. So let me come to the question about teams because you mm. said you... At one time, you had 300 people that you were responsible for. What difference does it make, in your opinion, to have diverse teams? It's massive. Mm. I think that if you recruit the same people, you're going to get the same perspective, same ideas, same viewpoint, same experiences. Whereas if you have a a diverse um, group of people, they're going to all come from different backgrounds, different Mm -hmm. ideas. They're going to see things slightly different. So... To have a diverse um, workforce and diverse boardroom for me um, is important to have continued success Mm -hmm. because you'll constantly get challenged and people will look at things from a different viewpoint, which you wouldn't necessarily see if you had the same people all the time. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I hear that. So what advice would you want to give to aspiring executives or business owners wanting to progress further as you have what would be if i said to you what would be the yeah top three points you'd give as advice i think find out what your why is what's what's the thing that gets you up in the morning why are you doing it what's your motivation what's your drive because i think once you can once you understand what that is you can start putting goals which is the next thing like what's what do you want to achieve mm-hmm. um one of the reasons I felt I had success was every year in between Christmas and New Year, I'd, I'd sit down yeah. and write out my goals and aspirations for the year. And it wouldn't just be my goals and aspirations, would be, okay, how am I gonna get there? Mm-hmm. What potential challenges would I face and how I could potentially overcome them? So I was going into the year with a clear direction mm-hmm. of what I wanted to achieve. And I think that any business owner or any executives, those kind of um, goals, objectives that you set yourself and your team and your business is important for you to have something to to work towards. Yeah. And I say finally, um, be yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that authenticity, authenticity is really important. Yeah. Because I think it's very draining trying to be somebody at work, mm-hmm. and you leave work and you're somebody else. So I think if you're yourself and um, people see that you are yourself, I think you get more buying from the people that work with you and the people that you're trying to lead. Where do you get the confidence to to turn up as yourself? So it was something you said, you said at the beginning of our conversation that you, you know, you showed up as yourself, but where did that confidence stem from, especially early in your career? I don't know if I'm being honest. I think that um, you just see, I had success from being me. So I think Mm. because I had success from being me and um, I had a, a lot of quick progression. So I was a top biller. Then I started to manage a team and my team became one of the top performing teams uh, and I was myself. So having success being yourself makes mm. you think, well, it's working, so why would you why would you change it? Yeah, and what about when you progressed though? So coming into that regional director yeah. role, that still rung true for you as well? Yeah, I, I think that um, I've always been quite a humble person, so I've never looked at myself as I'm, I'm you know, look at me, look mm. how successful I am, so mm. I think that humble mentality and people seeing that, you know, if you're a, a trainee consultant or you're another director, I'll treat you with the same level of respect. Yes. Um, has allowed me to, you know, people to respect me and to see that I'm I'm a normal person. I'm not anything special. I, yeah. I just 
want to be successful. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. And I wanted to come back to what you were saying there about when, how you set your goals for the year and the time that you do it but not just setting the goals but actually thinking through what the challenges may be and how you may overcome them I think that's that's like gold Mm. in terms of because we hear so much don't we set your goals set your vision but actually breaking it down and thinking that bit through and starting because we know you get to the end of January and usually things fall away but actually I love what you shared there so thank you just kind of probing it more at that time so you'll be pleased to know on our final question okay (laughs) um so you are a very busy man you spoke Mm. about that and kind of time what do you do to maintain balance and look after your well-being for me it's um exercise training so Mm. um as i said i've got some really good friends and we train like three times a week and that's like like a therapy session because we get together we have a laugh we talk about what's going on, whether that's football, what's going on in the news, um, share our experiences, check up on each other's families and see what's going on. Mm. Um, and then we exercise, so it's that healthy mind, healthy body. And that for me has been a good way of de-stressing, a good mm-hmm. way of uh, making sure I'm catching up with my, my, with my friends. And that allows me to kind of have that, it's something I'm enjoying. I don't particularly like exercising if I'm being yeah, honest, but yeah. it's something that challenges me to keep myself, keep myself fit. And then spending time with my family, like um, going on holidays, going out for meals with my wife, spending time with my boys. Um, those are things that make me happy. So I try and do as much as that as, as possible. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marcus. I really appreciate your time today. And I think this has been what you said about your leadership style, very honest conversation. So thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me.